0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the BJJ Foxcast. I am your host, Alex Martinez. And today I'm really excited. I have Joshua Janice on the uh, podcast. He is a black belt under John Friedman. He is the owner of White Lotus Jiu Jitsu. Uh, He is also an owner of another company called My Odyssey. And I want to dig into that right away. Uh, Joshua, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me about White Odyssey or or My Odyssey, rather. I I (laughs) can't mix up your two companies. My (laughs) Odyssey. What what is that about? You you said it's um about communication development. What what does that mean?
1: Yeah, so uh, the majority of my business personally is with other businesses. So, uh, you know, as simple as have you ever had a bad boss, Alex?
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. If you had a bad <laughs> boss, most yeah. of the time he's a bad boss because he doesn't communicate very well. Like he may get angry at you, or he may not tell you everything that you need to know to be successful. Uh, who manages that person? How do you? Uh, you know, let's say that's a, relative, a VP of sales for a, a bigger company. Who, who is the person that is like, hey, you know, they might talk to HR, they might talk to the CEO or whatever the case may be, but who comes in there and really coaches them through some of the challenges that they may have? Hmm. That's an example of what, of what I'll do. Um, communication strategy and development. So that's the majority of stuff for me personally, but then I have some coaches that work underneath me and I still do take on personal clients again with communication meaning yeah. you know most of the challenges that you face in your life are probably communication I don't want I don't want to say you know you particularly considering you're a, a host of a good podcast <laughs> but uh, in general uh, most of the fights that we may have with our significant other uh, with our kids, whatever it happens to be well, normally communication whether it be interpersonal or intrapersonal communication so I can help you get through some of those challenges as well. And how do we, instead of just talking through it, you know, I hold you accountable and um, we have different programming that we can put you on that, that gets you on the right path to build habits.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so is it, um, <clears throat> is it more of like uh, giving the right tools to handle the right situation, basically, whether it's like a a job interview or like you said, something with your spouse or something with a, with a bad boss or a coworker or something like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we we work through why things happen, then we give you the tools, then we hold you accountable, um, and then we work through the challenges that you have through the process.
0: Mm. Well, what if what if the uh, so I'm just kind of digging into my own brain here. What yeah. if what if that. Um... What if the issue is like internal, like um, you don't have like someone doesn't have the courage to confront a bad boss or a uh, an unruly coworker, somebody who's in, in the next cubicle that plays their music too loud, you know, anything like that, <laughs> like what
1: if it's a... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something
0: like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So those are exactly things that we'll work with. Um, a lot of times, the business will hire me to come in and, and deal with. It. Most of the time, it is. Uh, maybe C-suite or like VP uh, type people. But yeah. um, for people that do have challenges like that, that's absolutely common. And those are communication issues, right? Like mm. having the courage to do something, we'll, we'll work through, well, why don't you? What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, that's, those are kind of easier questions, but I'll put you on a path for something that you can do daily. Like yeah. just one thing that you can do daily to get better at confronting that person in the cubicle next to you that plays you know, their their rap music too loud. Mm. right so there's always there's something that you can do daily to start working towards being a better communicator or a better anything yeah uh, and that's what i'll uh, supply and, and you know again accountability is a really big piece of what we do as well
0: okay and and how does that work is that is are you doing a lot of remote work or do you have a do you have a brick and mortar or how does that work
1: yeah it's absolutely beautiful the vast majority of my time is spent on phone calls or yeah. zooms like this or yeah. or whatever which is great for my jiu-jitsu career because, uh, I also travel for BJJ Globetrotters And I, I think this, I'm doing five globe camps and so far one other camp around the world, uh, this wow. year. Wow. Uh, so I can still, sometimes the time zones, like when I'm in Estonia, as an example, it's eight hour difference. So yeah. sometimes that's a, a little bit of a problem, but realistically it's still pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, you, you, you did me a big favor there because a uh, big joke on this podcast is I don't know how to, I don't know how to segue. So, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you gave me a perfect segue to, uh, you know, I, I noticed on your social media, you talk a lot about BJJ or the globe is a BJJ globetrotters. Is that what it is?
1: So, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's one okay. of the organizations
0: yeah so um i know they come to arizona um i know jay pages is a is a big i'm assuming he's a partner uh, of some sort because you know he has a giant facility he helps you guys out that's i think it's awesome um let me me quick stop right
1: there before just just so everybody understands so christian uh who now resides at saint bart's is the owner of bjj globetrotters and he's created these kind of like these relationships and jay is just a straight-up wonderful dude yeah. that hosts us every year. Uh, in, I mean, the last couple—it's been a, a couple per year—over uh, in uh, what city is that in? Is, it's, that, it's in
0: it's, uh, in Phoenix, it's, it's Phoenix-ish, kind of Tempe-Chandler-ish Tempe, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. it's a little, it's a little, it's, a, it's the perfect little spot that he's got. I love Jay, so I, yeah. I, it's a it's a great it's a great location.
1: Yeah, so he's got a partnership, and then I coach with the organization. Meaning, like, uh, luckily. I, I think I do a pretty good job with the coaching and therefore uh, I I get to go where I want to go. And and it is a little like, I have to worry about my schedule because this isn't my career. Right. So I have to like taking five weeks off. These are weeks off because I'll be in Estonia, you know, Poland, St. Bart's, Arizona, Maine. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So like it is a significant chunk of time but uh, man, it's so cool to spend that amount of time with people for literally a week. You get to know them on more of an in depth level. And what Chatters does better than any other camp is we're all like, I hate to say it like this, but we're all cool dudes. We don't like have egos where we're like, oh, you know, we teach a class and then we, you know, sit off on our own and only talk to like two other, you know, pro black belts or something yeah. like we like to hang out with everybody and it's about the relationships yeah and that's pretty cool
0: yeah and that's that's just something that i learned about jujitsu and you know in the, the going on 11 years that i've been doing it is um it's very rare that you can share the mats with the people that are on the the next level right um being in the bullpen i remember as a blue belt with uh, leandra lowe and I'm, I'm sitting there like, I can't believe I'm standing next to this dude. This is crazy. You know? And yeah. then, so when you have somebody like yourself, you know, teaching a room full of, I mean, uh, how many people do you typically get in a, in a, uh, in a camp?
1: Well, St. Bart's, the, the average class size will probably be about 30 to 40, wow. maybe 30. Yeah. Uh, that's the smallest camp. And then in Heidelberg, I taught a class with like 250 people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you have 250 like <laughs> that's, that's insane man that's a yeah. lot of people and and they're all i'm i'm sure of the majority and a lot of them are coming up to you and asking like little questions afterwards and you're giving you know you're giving them a piece of your time and that's that's really cool that where else can you do that you you get a keynote speaker at like a ted talk they go off the stage and you never see them again yes. right and you well you get to see them on the if you if you watch the video again but you I don't am. get any time in the, in the individual time to ask it like a little specific question that you may be able to answer i think that's great
1: Yeah. And they do a great job of that. And the culture of, of the camps are are second to none. So I I highly recommend if you get an opportunity, like you're right there in Arizona. So, you know, you should come in by Jay and and, uh, I've squandered
0: so many opportunities to train with you guys. I've just, I, I, and I say that, I say that sincerely, like I, I I look back, I I see the videos and I see the the social media stuff and I'm like, I can't believe you had all these, you know, these, this, uh, this knowledge in one room. And I don't know what I was doing. I'm sure it was something non productive <laughs> that I could have been. That I could have been there. But how did that start? How did how did uh, uh, globetrotters get started? Well,
1: Christian went on. Actually, he he has a book about it, which I highly recommend. Uh, but he went on a, a worldwide journey where all he did was uh, couch surf and train jitsu when he was a brown belt. And uh, you know, from there, he came up with the idea there's a really cool, I was actually at the premiere of it. Uh, there's a really cool YouTube like movie mm. uh, that one of the fellow instructors and him put together as well. That, uh, it just gives you the, the feel and the story. So I would, I would go check that out, but Christian's a really interesting, you know, good dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how is that, how has that experience with Globetrotters influenced your, uh, your, uh, school, white Lotus jiu Jitsu uh,
1: a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, the school, the school that I, I came up with, uh, you know, that I was with for 15 plus years is, uh, let's say, in the instruction more traditional, I'll uh, we'll mm. say that, right? Mm-hmm. With Globetrotters, depending on the camp, I have 20 other instructors coming from 20 other backgrounds, especially when I'm in Europe. That's way different. Yeah. And, and so I get to see all sorts of different material, different ways of presenting the material. Uh, weird material. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, what I consider weird. And, and so that's all gone into shaping the stuff that I like and then how I am able to communicate that.
0: So, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And if, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to your start in, in, in jujitsu. This is always something that I ask every guest because even though the stories are, um, they have a lot in common, they're all, they're all really unique so what what is what is unique about your story and your start? Uh, well, I was in college.
1: I was seventeen years old, and I had a a guy across the hall who his best friend was training MMA. He was a seven and either seven and o or seven and one professional fighter hmm. that was from Illinois, but coming up and training with us uh, training at well, let me start this. A guy named Dave Strasser who fought in like UFC negative five. I, I don't know. One of the, <laughs> right. One of the first, Early, I yeah. think it was like 12 or something. Yeah. Um, but Dave Strasser had a school in Kenosha. I went to the university of Wisconsin Parkside, which is in Kenosha, which is like 45 minutes South of Milwaukee, uh, which is where I'm located now. Yeah. And so I went there guy across the hall. He's like, you should come in and try this. And you know, I, I walked in, and it wasn't—it was BJJ, but it, it was MMA. I mean, that's what it okay. was. Yeah, it was—that was it. So, like, I remember—I'll tell you the story. And I—I I, I do some speaking, and I, I always tell this story because it's—it's it's so impactful for me. Uh, the first time that I, I put on boxing gloves to actual box, and I was going against this guy who I thought was old, like, you know, he's probably—he was probably thirty-five, right? <laughs> Younger than I am now, right? Yeah. But like some to me, some old buddy duddy, and you know, like I said, uh, you know young guy, and uh, we put on our boxing gloves and we're sparring. And like he catches me, you know, and I'm like, "Well, that motherfucker," you know. <laughs> Go back. And we're sparring again, and then he catches me harder. He spins me around. I almost, I almost drop. Wow. I'm like, oh shit! And so, like, you know, for I'm sure you've been punched in the face before, right? Yeah. But. The first time that it happens, if you don't know how to deal with it, you could, I guess you could have one or two things, ways, right? You could fight or flight. Yep. And I just got super angry. And I mean, like, mm. I'm going to kill this guy, which yeah. is, an, I mean, not, <laughs> it's awful to think about. But I'm, So then I wind up like I'm a cartoon character, right? Like, I'm like this, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to knock this guy's block off. Well, obviously that didn't happen.
0: And if, I don't know if you've
1: ever done any striking
0: uh very little very little long time ago
1: yeah you'll, you'll still get this yeah when you throw a haymaker and miss and you oh. throw your weight into it it creates an angle <laughs> for the other gentleman yeah to to you for that oh yeah and uh that's exactly what happened i mean he just went Pah! and i right then he dropped me to a knee right then and there i realized that i can't fight with anger and then mm-hmm. i may have an anger problem Mm. Like so, then then I was looking at anger in my life in general. Yeah, I learned so much from that one punch. Of like, I think that was probably my second or third day in this mixed martial arts gym. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a small little gym. Uh, I was there for about seven or eight months, probably. Okay. Um, and then just dropped it for no reason, only to pick it up like three and a half years later.
0: Oh, really? So you had a gap oh pretty, yeah that's a pretty good gap yeah. so so were you waiting to graduate college and you know and, no, and then, just no, lazy. Okay. Yeah. okay okay, yeah so, lazy. so in in that in that period of time i mean were you were you still being in, in, in any kind of physical activity did you get heavy and and decide hey i want to come back because i'm heavy or anything like that
1: no uh i can't tell you why uh, you know i i think part of it is is lazy i, I I mean, I I like to play a lot of basketball and I, I, you know, I thought there was a chance that maybe I could walk on the team there or, you know, whatever. And I I did a lot of like lifting weights. Yeah. um, But I just stopped training. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, that's one of my regrets in life is why, why, you know, that was back in 2000 that I started. Wow. Yeah. Like, you know, that that would have been pretty cool. (laughs) That would have been
0: pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've run into people, um, I, well, I tell people this story. I was, I was in the Navy and this is 1990 had to be 91 because I had just joined. I was in my, what they call a school. So I was learning my trade and there was, uh, I was in a, a room of uh, four, four of us were in a room and two of the four were wrestlers and they're like, Hey, there's a wrestling mat at the gym. Do you want to come wrestle? I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I've never wrestled a day in my life. Yeah. And there was a guy from you know from the school and it, he was in another barracks or whatever he he met us there and we were we were wrestling and i remember no one wanted to wrestle him because he would hurt your arms and i was like now now i think about it, I was like huh that might have been my expo- my first exposure to jujitsu you know <laughs> I and mean? he was armbarring people that's why no one wanted to wrestle with him and the more aggressive they got the easier it was for him to armbar them yeah and so yeah so i mean I think about, you know, going back then I'm like, wow, that would have been pretty cool. Had I just asked a few questions, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's so weird, but yeah. it, it comes to you when it's supposed to, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And when did you, it, you know, obviously you, you, you trained for seven months, you had a little bit of a gap. So you had pretty good exposure to jujitsu. When did it grab you? When did it, when was it like, this is what I want to do?
1: Well, it, it grabbed me because again, in my, uh, <laughs> in my wise young youth, uh, I thought, well, I transferred schools to university of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, mm. and they offered a program. You're not going to believe this where you could get a credit for training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I was so- like, definitely got to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then that happened in, I think like 2004. Okay. And then, uh, so I, I did that at the only jujitsu school in Milwaukee that had a black belt so for a long time there was only Henry matata mm-hmm. um, and so I, I trained there went through two semesters there and then uh, did maybe a year after that where I was you know not uh, one of the guys one of the students there had just moved back from Japan uh, he was another, he was a military guy just moved back from Japan Brown belt he was just the scariest motherfucker Can I yeah. try that?
0: You yeah, right? absolutely no no uh, please yeah
1: yeah he, he's like i was so scared by this dude you know like i mean he would just murk everybody wow and uh then for whatever reason i uh, i guess I, I got a little bit of a knee injury and then i kind of quit henry's and there's this gap and randomly i'm on the east side of milwaukee and i run into this guy that this scary dude at a kinko's right yeah and he's that he's this one scary dude is with this other scary dude uh poochie and i'm like oh man you know, and I, I almost didn't say anything, but then I said hi, you know, whatever. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I, I, I opened up my own gym here called Neutral Ground, you wanna come in? And I was like, Yeah oh, man, you know, kinda my my bunghole is is twitching. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. And then after that I was with with John and uh uh for since two thousand seven.
0: That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's maybe, cool.
1: maybe even 2000, 2000, somewhere in there.
0: Yeah. yeah. You, you know, it, it's, it's one thing when you don't know what to expect when you walk into a jujitsu Academy and you're like getting worked and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is awful. It's quite another thing when you have a little bit of a layoff and you're going to go back because you know exactly what's going to happen. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's so exactly. tough, man. But um, what was it about that experience with that, with that group of people that, that, you know, pulled you in and we talk about, chasing that feeling you know what i mean i've been chasing this feeling i don't know every day because it's that feeling when you first walk into the first jiu-jitsu academy you're like kind of side-eyeing like okay i'm doing this and then it's almost the same feeling when you walk on the mats as a white belt and then when you get your black belt tied on your on your waist it's like i'm chasing that feeling every day what was it what what at what point what's that feeling like for you what what does that what does that feel like for you um let me put some thought into this. Okay.
1: I don't know that I experience it in the same way as maybe you just suggested. Mm. What keeps me going and what what I try to do at White Lotus in general is create a culture of friends.
0: Mm. Right? Yeah. And so
1: I'm not coming to necessarily train jiu-jitsu. I'm coming to hang out with my friends who all happen to like jiu-jitsu and who yeah. all are Jiu Jitsu nerds. Yeah. And so like I can come here and talk for hours, you know, don't get me started on guillotines. <laughs> right. Like I can talk for hours about little intricate details with these same nerds that are, happen mm-hmm. to also be my friends.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. so that's really what like now what I'm chasing it. Like, like I'm pretty good at jujitsu, but I'm yeah. not the best. Right. And like uh so so that ego is out of me where like and I, I hope, you know, I hope we roll and I hope you tap me because then I'm, I'm probably going to learn something, you know, like, yeah. Um, when I dropped that ego, it was a lot easier, more, it was a lot easier to go to class. Yeah. Like I have a, a new student who's starting tonight and she's like, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, I was nervous for like the first five years. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's Totally normal. And like, it was because of my ego. Like I expected that I should go in there and whoop ass. Yeah. You know, and then when that didn't happen, oh, fuck, that's
0: just yeah. terror. Yeah. You know, you know what I find like and and you put yourself in this position quite a bit with your with the travels, because when you're when you're going to Europe, when you're going to, you know, wherever and it's, you know, open mat or whatever, you you see somebody big and scary across the room and you're like okay, we made eye contact. Here we go. You know what yeah. I mean? That's, that's nerve wracking, right? <laughs> I, you know, I always tell people on the other side of that, on the other side of that, you know, six minute time clock is a friend of yours.
1: Ooh, that's you're, a great you're, one. Putting
0: it. You're going to make a friend uh, and I guarantee uh, in passing, like at tournaments chaos, you just bump into each other. Oh shoot. And you get hugs and talk and catch up for a couple minutes. Oh, good to see you. Wow. Made so many friends that way. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's what, that's one of the things I love about jujitsu. And I'm so jealous of you uh, putting yourself in that position over and over and over again and making those friends. That's really cool.
1: You know, what's cool about what you just said It reminded me of, uh, I've done some like team building exercises in the past. Mm -hmm. And like the the thing that I would always try to target is mutually shared experiences, Mm. creating some sort of mutually shared experience, hopefully that has enough difficult nature in it that that people have to come together yes. and when they have that mutually shared experiences then they're just friends and they want to work together and uh and that's that's basically what you're saying so thank yeah. you for reminding me of that
0: yeah my pleasure my pleasure um let's talk a little bit about um competition okay okay did you ever get the competition bug where you were just competing like all the time or are you kind of like uh what did you did, were you subscribe specific in your competitions or did you ever compete? How did that work for you?
1: Yeah. So I have competed at every belt, uh, except for black belt. Um, okay. but I, I, I competed probably, I don't know, dozen to 15 times somewhere in there. Okay. Um, and I would do it. So I would do it when I was fearful of it. Like, mm. like I, you know, if I did two in a row, then I wouldn't be fearful of it much anymore. And then I'd forget. Yeah. You know, and then I'd go do it again. And that to me was the, the, the biggest thing from competition. I did. Okay. Um, you know, want some lost some type of thing. Yep. Um, yep. that was never, it, it was always the scariest leading up to it. Yeah. 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 And that was what I, I needed help on.
0: Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think I need to, you know, I need to, uh, I need therapy for several reasons, but I really like to find out where my drive comes from. I can never just do something. If like if you and I start playing checkers and I lost, I would start studying checkers <laughs> until I figured out. How, and I'm serious. I, I don't know why it is, yeah. but you know, even at I'm 50 years old and I still have that competitive bug in me, but um, you know, it, it, I enjoy rolling with people that, you know, roll hard but play play it's it's a playful real hard you know what i mean yeah and i find like you know when you start getting in the up i call it the upper master's level right it becomes more of like uh you know yes we do try to you know strangle each other on the mat but really like it's not personal it's more like i I it's hard to describe we're we're more competing against ourselves at this point
1: you know Does i think there's, there's two things there first you kind of tackled like what is it about you that like you you would just start studying. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question, just out of curiosity. Sure. Uh, Is, are you ever satisfied with progress? No. Yeah, so so if you can learn, and this is just, again, kind of my career. Yeah. I hear everybody's challenges at work or personally. Um, If you can learn, how to be excited genuinely about milestones, no matter what it is. Mm. It doesn't matter, like if it's small, big, whatever. If you can learn to be satisfied with those milestones and keep that same drive, life is just a uh, just uh, one beautiful pearl. All
0: right, I'm going to write that down because I'm going to forget. Yes, thank you for that. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, being an entrepreneur and having the travel schedule that you have. You have two businesses, basically. Um, how do you balance? I mean, I'm I'm sure you have a team assembled, right? But how do you balance managing that team and still being able to be in the moment whenever you're in mm. wherever you are in the world? So my,
1: my mantra for life, so not my mission statement, but my mantra is to, uh, live on the frequency of love so like when I pull out my beads and if anybody that's done a camp with me at you know I'll pull out the mala and and say that mantra 108 times wow. uh, and so I whenever I'm at camps that's actually my opportunity to really sink into that whereas I get caught up like everybody else in home life like when I say home life I mean everything that's going on at home yeah so camps are actually I mean they truly are like a a mental vacation for me
0: <clears
1: mm-hmm. <clears
0: <throat> Excuse me. um yeah i think that answers your question no that's great that's great um <clears throat> so one thing i i definitely want to dig into real quick and this is kind of off subject but um someone told me that you were raising awareness for for homelessness in milwaukee by becoming homeless for a number yeah. of days tell me about that dude because when when i heard that story i was like okay whatever it takes i'm gonna get this guy on the show
1: yeah Yeah, that was, uh, that was powerful actually. Um, so yeah, I, I do things to challenge myself. I don't want to become like, I want to be comfortable most of the time. Mm. I, but I also want to appreciate that comfortability. Um, I found myself judging homeless people, quite frankly, um, you know, that maybe not as simplistic as get a job, you bum, Mm. but like still judge it. Right. And like, so I was like, well, let's see, you know, how, how hard it can be. And like, I'm used to. It was only 48 hours. I could fast for 48 hours and be completely fine. And yeah. you know, and I do. Like, you know, so I, in my head, I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? Little did I know that it's really mentally challenging to have society as a whole not give two fucks. Wow. And and when I say not give two fucks, it's like not acknowledge that you're a human being so i didn't ever expect anybody to give any money because like we went out there we had nothing we, we we begged for anything that we could get uh i did it with a former training partner actually uh bobby hennis who lives in nashville now uh, i think it's nashville yeah um, so you know you had two guys to that train that you would think would be relatively safe not the case i i felt not safe quite frequently yeah um we were awful at begging for money uh I still spoke well. It's not like I got drunk, and you know, was mm-hmm. I, I tried everything that I do, psychological tricks. Uh, I just people just didn't want to pay attention to me.
0: Wow, wow. Were- did you immerse yourself in that in that like I guess community where were there other people that you interacted with and and yeah. the homeless? Yeah, yeah.
1: actually, uh, there's a blog on my site uh, that people can go read on the gentle art lifestyle site. so. Gentle Art Lifestyle is kind of like the parent company of the jujitsu stuff that I do. So I put on two camps a year here in Milwaukee. Um, I do coaching for people that don't have coaches. So I, I hold them accountable and, and give them a, a pathway forward. Let's say you're a purple belt that runs a school and you don't have a pathway forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do that. Um, White Lotus, obviously. Um, and then, so I, I do have uh, blogs on that site. And I think they're on the My Odyssey side too. I gotta make sure that they're live on the Gentle Art Lifestyle, but I'll okay. do that. Yeah, uh, I'll do that shortly. Um, but there's a, a pretty long blog about it that um, really details like some of the ups and downs of uh, of the experience. I mean, we ended up we tracked where we walked later after and it was like 32 miles that we walked in 48 hours. Wow, the sleep we got was shit. Yeah. Uh, the food we got was shit. We ended up like the people who helped us, we kind of were able to track down because we got like names and like, but like, okay, well this, and then we ended up paying that. Like, so one guy bought us McDonald's. We gave him a hundred bucks. Oh, after that's cool. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, one uh, chick gave us a blanket. She was going to Goodwill. You know, we think things are cheap at Goodwill, but a blanket was $8. Mm. Fuck. Do you get $8? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah, man, wow. uh, it, it, it's so crazy. Um, yeah. I, it was a, a, a very, I have a lot more respect, and I'm sorry to answer your question. We found a camp that lived under a bridge that had like 15 guys. Wow. And uh, most of them spoke Spanish. Some of them spoke English. And uh, some of them were just there. Like they had like full-time jobs. That's just what they chose to do. Really? Yeah, fascinating. Like y- you think, like there was a couple people that we met. So we, we walked along like, uh, uh, like train, like train tracks, which harbor a lot of homeless people yeah. along, like, there's like a river that runs through like the parks, like there's a, a lot of different where, places where like home, if you really want to look, then yeah. you can find them. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. And, like we ran into people and some of them you could tell had pretty sick mental illness. Sure. Some of them were yeah. People were just like, yeah. actually the majority of them were just people and like, that's just how
0: they lived. Wow, fascinating. Wow. That is fascinating, man. Uh, and and what about um? Was it, well, I mean, I I hate that my mind my mind went there, but it went there. What what about uh, the uh, drug use amongst the homeless? Did you did you notice a lot of that, or was it kind of like not really a thing?
1: Well, I didn't notice it. Yeah. I mean, it was forty eight hours, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I and I don't know how open you know is that group just going to be you know just doing meth when we walk down and just be okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I doubt it, but like that group in particular didn't look like they were on drugs. Like, in fact, they had like a little guard going and like this one dude that was showing us around was so proud of his garden. It was pretty cool.
0: That's cool. Was it like a community garden or was it just like his, his thing? Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. their community little guard, but it seemed like he was, you he know, was the guy. gatekeeper to that, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. What, what, what was he? um, what did that experience do for you personally doing just spending 48 hours that way? Uh, well, first of all, it was very difficult. So <laughs> are you familiar
1: with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Uh,
0: I, I've heard it. I'm not entirely familiar with it.
1: Okay. So uh, the, the general is like picture a pyramid, right? And the base of the pyramid is your, uh, that things that you need like air food, mm. you know, then the next sliver of it is like uh, security, right shelter sleep shelter exactly and then like the next is like uh human interaction and whatever so well i i'm a i'm not again i I don't want i'm just being clear i'm not a dummy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know i've done some things in my life that i can be proud of yeah and i felt in that 48 hours the stress that it would be to get out of the base of that pyramid and start going up wow so I like climbing that ladder would be difficult because I was always concerned about my safety, always concerned about somebody kicking us out of where we were. We ended up having to break into a couple things to get out of the wind because, of course, the weekend we picked was freezing cold. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, like, you know, we're literally breaking into shit. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: wow. So yeah, it was it, it was really powerful, man. It yeah, was really yeah. powerful. one of the most powerful things I've ever done, and and other people are like. Well, I, I would do that or whatever. Just if you happen to do something like that, be careful because yeah. there is there is danger to it. Yeah. And like, there was one one group of four guys. Like, we were just walking down the street in, in a decent-ish neighborhood, and these guys yelled like, "We're gonna fuck you up." To be in this for no reason. I mean, we look homeless. We yeah. certainly did, but like, why?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, like, maybe maybe because nobody would care, right? I mean, maybe. yeah. Maybe. Wow, man, yeah, I had a had a um, guy I know out here. Um, he's kind of like a friend of a friend. Um, he was doing like uh, burritos for the homeless for a while, yeah. and he could just wake up on a Sunday morning and just whip up a bunch of burritos and ride a bike or drive his car and hand them out. And I remember someone told me I don't know I don't know exactly how this happened, but someone from the city was looking to shut him down because he was handing out food and they didn't know what was in it, so they prefer that they go to like you know kitchens or whatever which is cool but man you know he's actually taking steps to help his community and it's getting shut down like, i don't know man I, you, you want to hear the, the thing that pissed me off the most mm. All of, like the society thing was sad but what
1: pissed me off the most is i went to a grocery store around here and it was like i was like hey and it was right at their closing time like hey is there any like bread or anything that we could get like anything that's going bad any any produce that's like you got to take off the shelf so yeah. I, we can't give you anything. Wow. And I'm like, well, what do you do with it? <laughs> you know, to their point, they're honest. We have a trash compactor in the back. We can't just have homeless people coming here thinking that they could get free food every night. Wow.
0: Wow, man, that's yeah.
1: So, same thing with uh, what's the what's that pizza place we went to? It was like the 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 hot and ready. The uh gosh, it's a national chain, so you would know it. Um, it's Little Caesars. Oh yeah, so like yeah. where they had like the five dollar. Pizza, yeah
0: yeah,
1: yeah yeah we went we went there same thing like we're like it's you know eight fifty-seven. you close at nine i see there's <laughs> six pizzas there yeah. that are made ready to go can we get one well i'm sorry we're home you know like we just don't have any money no so then, that time then we waited for them to leave till like 9 30 and then we went to their dumpster or we dumpster died the pizzas they're still in the box or
0: you know good yeah
1: yeah Yeah. was like that was dinner and breakfast it was great
0: (laughs) man that's wild that's wild man um yeah as soon as um as soon as uh uh, i heard that story i was like okay this is going to be a this is going to be a a fun podcast Um, yeah that's a that's a really interesting thing what what (laughs) my mind again what what was the catalyst for that why did you decide to do that
1: my judgment of homeless people. Just
0: a judgment like, of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Anything that I like, I find scary, or like, uh, or I, I find that I'm doing in a way that I prefer not to, then I, I like really lean into it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I did 24 hours in in uh, solitary confinement, where my bathroom was just completely dark, just 24 hours, nothing, just gone. Um, let's see. Like, I just do. Weird stuff. I, I do cold plunges all the time, like I'm at Go camps and at my camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do Wim Hof breathing, yeah, Wim uh, Hof experience. So we do the breathing, learn the breathing, and then like in camp next week here in Milwaukee, we're going to go into Lake Michigan, which as you can imagine would be very yeah. cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't build <laughs> um, no. a big bonfire and and do that. And I just think it's really important to challenge these narratives that we just believe. Yeah, well, those people are lazy, are they? Mm. Uh, I don't know may, may, there's a chance that I found out yeah yeah they're just lazy so, well you, you
0: walked 32 miles in, in 48 hours to collect food that's not lazy dude dude it was <laughs> Afterwards, I was really tired because you're just not getting good sleep either yeah, yeah. you wow. know yeah, yeah. When, when you when you spent um 24 hours in in uh basically solitary confinement right yeah. it, it was it in a dark room and where did your mind go in those 24 hours
1: yeah. It was a dark room. It was, it was a bathroom that was like, uh, no windows. Like it was in the, kind of the center of the condo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really annoying because I couldn't write anything down because like yeah. your mind then has the ability to like open up to all these things. So you get these like cool thoughts, Mm. and then you're like ah shit like you had to write down earlier yeah like, i'm gonna fucking forget this so then <laughs> i did think about bringing a pen and paper but you can't really see what you're writing yeah so like yeah. i could make it out after but it was like chicken scratch you know like, yeah 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 it's pretty wow.
0: interesting. yeah so um a lot of the questions that i had for you are being answered just by what we're talking about because i noticed like your social media presence is very matter of fact you know what i mean like this is what we're doing there is no there is no fluff in your social media. I love it by the way um i I didn't find you on Instagram by the way. I found you on on Facebook yeah okay so um I don't know if that's like by by design but maybe
1: a band. I don't know <laughs> maybe
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know what I noticed was like you know everything that you put out there is on you know your your camps, your school, your business, and there's no fluff to it i I really enjoyed you know doing that but it, it's it's it makes a lot of sense just talking to you why your social media is that way there's no flex so to speak well that's that's funny uh (laughs) that that is um gosh i don't
1: know how to feel about that and and here's why because i don't think that i have any answer to anything Mm. i have suggestions and i have perspective Mm. i don't know that i know anything yeah so like i don't want to come off like i'm like I mean, like a hard flex like this is what you should do yeah but that's interesting like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna ponder that
0: that's really cool yeah yeah um oh gosh i had a question for you it just it just i i lost it but yeah, uh,
1: think about that but i want to i want to say uh yeah. my favorite one that i did like challenge was 10 days there's i don't know why this is but 2.4 miles away from my house there is a well that runs water constantly okay and uh, so i went 10 days with only being able to use that water so that meant washing geese oh, that meant wow. drinking that meant any anything i could only use the water that i did so i basically had to go and carry a couple gallons of water every day and so 2.4 there 2.4 back and that was really quite interesting
0: what, like what 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 brought that about why why did it just but this just a challenge that you wanted to see if you
1: Yeah, could- people like I, I didn't understand how people could live like that. Mm. Like like just my simplistic mind, like somebody, you know, you see people carrying water on their head, you know, like oh the 10 yeah. year old daughter had to go. You're like, what? She had to walk five miles. And then I actually when I did it, I'm like, man, that sucks. We're so blessed to have this water that yeah. goes yeah. on. You know, we can yeah. sit in the shower for 20 minutes if we want, off.
0: Yeah. And- I mean, our, our toilet water is better than a lot of the, you know, waters that people use around the world. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So Good. yeah, it's, you know, I think, <coughs> gosh, what was it? It was a, some kind of number that someone put out and they said it was in the hundreds of thousands, by the way, of hours that people around the world spend getting water. Oh, I bet. It was in the hundreds of thousands a day, Hundred. I mean, it, collectively. Right. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, you j- just, that just the fact that you acknowledge that and you're like, okay, let's see what this is like. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Cha- I'm, I'm, I'm confident to change your perspective on a lot of different things.
1: And that's why when you say I don't have any flex, I'm like, man, I try to do everything to have flex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that must be I the flex though. That's the flex yeah. though. That's really yeah. good though. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: try to do everything where it's like, uh, I, I just don't know. Let's find out.
0: You know, I, I, I shouldn't say that there's no flex there. It's not superficial. You know what I mean? You're not standing next to a car that you don't own. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah you're yeah. not saying, you know, you're not, you know, you're not saying like, whatever, you know, all that other crap that comes. Oh, with. Oh,
1: you know? I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm definitely not doing that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, no, that's that's cool. Um. So let's let's talk about your um your videos on BJJ Fanatics. You've got a few videos and you've got one coming up just talk about those. I really want to learn what the process is. Like, is it something that you pitch to the fanatics and you're like, Hey, I want to try this. Or is this something that they have, they approve. I, I have no idea how that works.
1: Yeah. It's pretty simple to be honest with you. Like you just apply and I applied with my, one of my Globetrotter camps. So like you could go and see a lot of the Globetrotter camps that, that I've done. Um, sometimes I'll do repeat. So like they don't post repeat ones, but so I just applied with that. And then I suggested, so like, there's a couple things in jujitsu that I feel like I know, like how, really how deep the ocean goes, mm. and I know that that's the way for everything. By the way, uh, our we have a a kids class called City Champs yeah. that I'm on board for that we do free uh, martial arts classes um, for kids. Wow, so that just started. So if you hear kids in the background, I apologize.
0: No worries, no worries.
1: Um, so anyway, uh, what was I, where was I going with that?
0: Um, we were we were talking about um uh, bJj fanatics the process
1: yeah so it, it just applied I used that video they said yeah I said I'd like to do guillotine then we were just gonna do one video and the video would have been like five and a half hours long on just the guillotine wow and uh, the way I teach the guillotine is very different than most people so I think that's you know pretty cool uh, compression not extension so like and none of the guillotines and no guillotine setup are we ever trying to like rip their head off like a dandelion right mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to kink the hose as opposed to extend the neck mm-hmm. uh, anyway i digress so and then we ended up breaking into two so there's guillotine glossary version one uh volume one guillotine glossary volume two mm-hmm. and the next video they they did pretty well i mean you know, I'm, I'm a relatively unknown dude. Like, it's not like you know, I'm Marcella Garcia or, or Gordon Ryan, yeah. right? They they did okay, um, and so I said, hey, I, I'd like to do another one, and, and especially I'm really passionate about this. And I said, okay, what is it? And I said, painless, precise, and playful jujitsu for the hobbyist. Mm. What I what I am now is I am a, a really sickly addicted hobbyist this is my hobby, right? Like I'm not trying to do this professionally. I'm not trying to beat Gordon Ryan, right? Like I am uh, doing this and I want to do this for the next 40 years. Yeah. So if I train every day where I'm trying to beat you, Alex, that's that's not going to be good for me. Yeah. That's not going to be good for either one of us, right? right. Like you take a wear and tear on your body.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, Yeah, that, that's so right. Yeah. idea. So I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I take 26 of your favorite submissions and, uh, break it down into how to do it, uh, precisely. So we have less opportunity for the other person to get hurt or for you to hurt them, Mm. uh, how to do it. When I say painlessly, I mean, uh, if you're doing something precisely, it shouldn't, it shouldn't hurt in the way that sometimes submissions do. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the idea. And, And playful is just, uh, that's how I like to go about because if you're playful in a role, you take in more information. Yeah. If you have more information, you can make better decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. And, and I, and I talked to my students about uh, making the roles playful. And that's one thing that I found when I stopped trying to win my roles, they became fun. And then fun became, I don't know, just something about being able to process information when your mindset is not, I'm going to kill this guy. Like you're, when you, when you do that haymaker, um, it, it just increases, I mean, significantly. Right. Yes. And so, and you know, the, the, the hardest thing for me to teach is uh, some teach someone is how to flow roll. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I love, I love a flow roll. I'm 50 years old. So, you know, I love a flow roll, but, uh, <laughs> but um, how, how do you go about teaching that? How do you go about teaching someone to be playful when they roll? Well, uh, first of all,
1: uh, I have to give credit to my, my partner in White Lotus and my partner in life, uh, Megan, who is the somebody at a globe Chatter camp. I, I don't remember who it was, but termed her the extraterrestrial uh, space roller or something like that. <laughs> because she, it's just so unique and she's always just moving. Yeah. And so I've learned so much from her. She's a, a 3 striped purple belt currently. Okay. Uh, I've learned so much from her because before I say, okay, we're going to go from, you know, half guard. We're going to do, you know, this pass to this position. And from this position, I'm going to do this or this or this, you know, whereas now I, I don't care. I don't care where we go. You can try to, you know, take my back. You can try to whatever. I I, I'm just, wherever we go, let's have fun doing it. And like, it, it is, it's weird. So how do I teach that? At our school, she's the best. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I just say try to take the ego out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, like just just move. And and a lot of times, like seventy five percent of the time, the line like uh, more information leads
0: to better decision making. Yeah,
1: that makes sense to people. Um, if you just hold somebody down, that's not a lot of great information.
0: Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um. So are, I I just um I like to close with a, with a couple of questions. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. So, um, my my first question is, um, I want to talk about your your legacy. What would you like that to be in you know, hundred years from now when we're both gone? How do you want people to remember you? In
1: jujitsu or life?
0: In life, in general, just in general. What's your legacy?
1: Uh, well, my current mission statement on life is to acquire wisdom and to share that wisdom with others. So Mm -hmm. I think that my legacy, if I had you know, if I had to choose, was that that guy was a
0: good communicator of wisdom. I love it. I love it. And, and, in your, in, as far as legacy or or lineage goes, what, what would you like your black belts, the, the black belts that you promote, what would you like them to have in common?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the playfulness. Yeah. But I I mean, playful, precise and painless. Everybody wants to roll with those guys. Yeah. That's That's what I would like. Everybody would like to roll with
0: those guys. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, is there anything else that you want to share before we uh, before we we uh, uh, call it?
1: Um, oh, yeah. you wanted that,
0: to talk about your YouTube channel?
1: Yes, that was it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes, let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> uh, I just started, you know, kind of a YouTuber now, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> but I just started um, doing YouTube videos, so I'm, I'm focusing on just shorts, and half of them are My Odyssey. So half of them are communication challenges where I take like like when we get, oh, I'm not gonna be able to do it now today, but uh, tomorrow I'm going to take pieces from uh, the state of the union speech and have, you know, I'm going to do three videos. One video is going to be proving that Biden is an excellent communicator. The second is going to be proving that Biden is an awful communicator. Oh, okay. And the third one is going to be talking about perspective.
0: Hmm. Oh, and, I love like, it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So
1: like stuff like that. Um, and then the jujitsu videos are, like it's all over. Sometimes it's about coaching. Sometimes it's about the certain moves, and it's all in short form. So like, you can kind of consume it really quickly if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the YouTube Joshua Janice, just J O S H U A space J N I S. I somehow got that handle, which is great. Um, <laughs> and then my uh, um, my Instagram is Joshua J underscore BJJ. Um. And then I also do a podcast called Hammond Rolls, which is like on Spotify and stuff where I, one of my clients actually, and I, he's like, he's got more energy than a, a bag of cocaine. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: um, I love it.
1: Not the way to say that. Sorry, Jared. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's uh, wild. Whereas I, I'm a little bit more, well, this is what the science says. And, and so it kind of comes together. Kind of, it's, it's pretty fun. I love uh, it. That's Hammond Rolls. Um, you know, I think, well, certainly next time that I'm in Arizona, we're going to have to get a roll, and we'll have to get Colin to get a role too. Cause yeah. he hasn't felt like he's been at camps either. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> <soft football laughs> a bit, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's actually, um, he's doing really well. He's, uh, he's one of my instructors now he's doing my, my, uh, 10 30 AM mixed levels class, which is going really well. He's, you know, he has, he's a good mixture of, uh, of, uh, technical, technical, uh, smart, and uh there's a blend of little comedy in there so he 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 has a way (laughs) of getting keeping everybody's attention so it's really cool but yeah yeah, and you know what i i am going to commit to the next time um you guys are in town i will be there um one of my students you know um uh, went this past uh this this last one that you guys did and she loved it. She loved it, and uh, she's gonna go again. So, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah,
1: I think uh, Colin. I said like so, she was supposed to give me a hug, or I gave her a hug to give to him, or something like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah. yeah. She was. Yeah. She. She was very excited. She bought a gi. She has. Uh, she loved it. But um, what's that? How far is your school from like Jays? From Jays, I'm about, I'm about a, about a, twenty five minute drive. I would say from Jays. So now. Oh, okay, yeah, we're on two sides of the valley, but uh, yeah, not not too far away. I would I love to have you, you too. Yeah, I would love to have you in there. We could get a roll right. in. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um yeah, and and um, if I'm ever the funny thing is, I spent some time in Milwaukee. Um I work for a company that was uh, was headquartered out of there. So, um, but I wasn't doing jiu-jitsu at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, our, our paths could could crossed sooner, but anyway, well, listen. Um, I really appreciate you doing this, and uh, I, I feel like we just scratched the surface on your story. And the more I dig in, the more I'm going to want to get you back on. So, if you're yeah. in Arizona, I want to come in the studio. I'd love to have you in. Well,
1: that'd be fun. Yeah, I'll yeah. be in Arizona in November.
0: Okay. Yeah, let's 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 plan for that. Um, yeah. is, is there um are there any other? Well, you talked about your Instagram, all that stuff. So we're good there. Um, well, listen. Okay. If um, looking forward to meeting you in person.
1: I do have one more, Alex. Yes, yeah,
0: so let's do all it. Right.
1: Uh, since city champs the kids are, are uh having class over here if you get a chance go to citychamps.org and check it out uh we're uh, a nonprofit that operates on donations uh we pay our coaches well we have excellent coaches that, that are helping these kids with the idea of using mixed martial not mixed martial arts and mma but a mix of martial arts mm-hmm. uh to uh, we're just opening the door for these kids um and we have two places. One is here at White Lotus. The other one is at Combat Corner, which is a, a, a great band, brand for combat mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we have two permanent locations that we do programming all around the city of Milwaukee. And so, uh, you know, if it is something that you or your listeners are, are passionate about, it would be a cool thing to um, to check out and, and donate.
0: Yeah, I'm down. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that today. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank right, you. Tasha,
0: thank you so much for being on. All right.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it. This is fun. Thanks, awesome.
0: we'll do it again. Take care.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. All right, everybody. If you love the podcast, if you got something out of this, please like, and subscribe, please uh, leave us a, um, a, uh, 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 what do they call that? The, the, um, whatever, please like, and subscribe. Please uh, follow us on Instagram. And, uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google, anywhere you can find a podcast. And, uh, thank you guys.